If you'd open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 1 and chapter 2, I'm going to be reading two passages of Scripture as we get started this morning. I'm going to be referring to some instructions uh, that Jesus gave to the apostles, and then I'm going to have us turn to chapter 2 and see what happened after the instructions were given. I want you to hear the promise that was made and then the promise that was fulfilled. I want you to see how it was fulfilled. I want you to see that God makes a promise and then that God keeps a promise. And I want you to see what happens to the lives of these apostles. How something happened to them that forever changed them, that empowered their witness. These early apostles became empowered witnesses for the gospel to the ends of the earth because Jesus did not just give them a message to preach. He gave them a message that would come to live inside them. The book of Acts is the story of the person of the Holy Spirit, how when the Holy Spirit came and filled the disciples, the church was born. The church was born because God's presence and spirit lived inside the disciples and changed them in such a way that their lives matched their words. And when their lives matched their words and they became the message, people began to pay attention. And the church was born. And people all over the world came to know Jesus Christ. The powerful thing this morning about this message is that the gift we're going to be talking about wasn't just given once. But it's a gift that God promised to give and continues to give again and again and again to everyone who makes himself available to it. So here are the instructions. It says in Acts chapter 1 that Jesus presented himself to the disciples and gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive. And he appeared to them over 40 days, and he began to talk to them about the kingdom of God, reminding them of who they were, what they were called to do, what the message is. And then on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift. The gift my Father has promised and you've heard me speak about it. Prior to his death and resurrection, he told the disciples, it's to your benefit that I leave. Because when I leave, the Holy Spirit's going to come and is going to fill you on the inside and give you the power to make my words real in the world. And he says, for John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. What that means is, it means immersed in his presence filled with his presence, empowered by his presence, and you will get power. A power not from the outside, but a power from the inside that will transform your life. You'll get that power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and because of that power, you will be my witnesses. Not just here in Jerusalem, but to Judea and to Samaria and then the ends of the earth. You see, it's the power of the Holy Spirit in us that gives us the power to change our life, to be who God created us to be, 
that makes the witness powerful. What makes the witness supernatural is when people look at your life and there's no explanation for how that person could have endured what they went through. How that person could have changed in the way that they changed. And so that when people look at you, they see your witness, they say, there must be a God because somebody that ignorant can't be that smart. <laughs> Acts chapter 2 then, it says the disciples began to pray. Notice this, they didn't, they didn't go into a, a room and get up a flip chart and start saying, okay, Jesus said we're going to go here, they we're going to go there and put together a strategic plan. No, they prayed. Before they planned, they prayed. They prayed and waited on God. Now, that's not like me. It's not in my nature to wait and to pray. It's in my nature to act and to move and then to ask God to bless what I've done. But the disciples themselves instead waited and prayed, and as a result of their faithfulness to what Jesus said, their obedience to the teaching of Jesus, something dramatic occurred. It says on the day of Pentecost, which was 50 days after the resurrection, when it came, they were all together in one place. Notice they were together. The church was together. They were one body. They were one people. They were praying together. When God's people get together and pray together, something happens. And it says, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. It was unmistakable. The very wind of God, the breath of God that blew life into creation now blew into the room and animated these dead disciples. And it says they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. What that means is every man, every woman, and every child. This is the promise and the gift of the Holy Spirit to you and to me and for all generations who call Jesus the Christ. The Holy Spirit does not just rest in a preacher or a prophet or a select few or the apostles, but every man, woman, and child becomes a witness to the resurrection and the Savior Jesus Christ because his power lives in you. You want to know what God's strategy is for reaching Louisville, Kentucky? is for you to receive his spirit and for you to live his message on the ball field where your kids play ball. It's for you to receive his power and his message and to live his message and to be the love of God in the place where you work. It's to receive the message and to be the message in your neighborhood, in the place where you live and in your family and where you raise your kids. The message is not powerful here, it's powerful there when you've received it inside of here. And everyone gets the gift of the message. That's the gift. And he says, and the third manifestation is that they began to speak in other tongues. It was as if the moment they got the Spirit, they began to speak in French and Italian or whatever language, fluently. They rushed down to the streets that day, and as a result, thousands of people heard the gospel preached because of what the Spirit did. What that means is that the gospel of Jesus Christ is not meant for one geography or one location or for one ethnic group or one race or one gender, but it is a global strategy for all people on this earth are created in the image of God and it is a desire for God's people to carry that message to the known world. The message continues when we receive it, when we go, 
and we live, it's a global message. And so it says as they began to preach, the crowds asked. They were amazed and perplexed. Some thought the disciples were drunk. Yes, they were, intoxicated in the presence and the spirit of God. And it says they asked one another, what does this mean? What it means is, is that when our life and our words are matched and brought together because of a presence inside of us, the world hears the good news in the way that it is seen in us. We in our life put God's power, presence, and the spirit and kindness on display as people look at you and me and say, there's no explanation, none at all. Something supernatural must have occurred. Wow. Wow. And it's still happening today. So I, I read this last week. I read that, that one, $9 billion went unclaimed last year in gift cards. I mean, it's a great scam if you think about it. Sell a piece of plastic, sell it for 50 bucks, and then nobody ever buys your product. So you get to keep your product, and the money just never gets used. I bet some of you have in your drawer at home a gift card that was given to you that's never been used to a restaurant or to some local place. Well, it's the same with the Holy Spirit or any gift that goes unopened. The question really is really not a question of whether or not the Holy Spirit has the power to do something in your life. It's a question of whether or not you're going to claim the gift that's been given whether you're going to receive the gift, whether you're going to welcome the gift. The issue is not you're comprehending the power of the Spirit because you can't comprehend it. The issue is your lack of cooperation. Because it all begins with faith. It begins with the faith of hearing the Word of God preached, believing the Word of God preached, and then welcoming it on the inside of you, and then inviting that gift to be opened in your life. And now when the Holy Spirit is opened up as a gift in your life, what happens is the whole world begins to see that you are the gift too. That you are God's gift to the world. So I want, I want to spend just a few moments and I want to tell you what that gift means to me. I spent all week thinking about what kind of gift is this, the Holy Spirit. And this is the first thing. And there's many, many. This is one. This is from the one that I thought of this week. The Holy Spirit, when it lives in you and lives in me, it gives us confidence. Confidence. I want you to realize this. Every person in this room, you've got more capacity to do more than you'd ever dream or imagine. Ephesians 3.20 says, is that we have power to accomplish things that we can't imagine or believe are possible because God's Spirit is at work inside of us. But we don't have the confidence to believe it's true. Because we listen to all the negative voices inside our head. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not attractive enough. I'll never be as good as him. I'll never be as good as her. And we suffer from the disease of comparing ourselves to other people. The reality is you should never compare yourself to another person. 
Because the moment you compare yourself to another person, you deny the person you were created to be that God made you to be. There's only one you in the world, like there's just every snowflake is unique. There's only one of you in the world. And what happens is when the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you, he begins to push out all that negative self-talk and begins to change how you talk about yourself. When the Holy Spirit lives inside you, your confidence level begins to change. It's not self-confidence, it's God-confidence. Because you begin to realize it's not who I think I am, it's who God says I am. It's not who my neighbor says I'm not, it's who God says I am. It's not the negative voice in my head that defines me and who I am, but the God who created me. And you see, the beautiful thing about the confidence of the Holy Spirit is that when the Holy Spirit comes to live inside you and you're filled with his presence, he begins to tell you, you don't have to pretend to be somebody else. You don't have to measure up to the wrong standard. That he shows you who you are and who you were created to be and why he put you here. That you are his child. That you belong to him. And that there's nothing in your life, nothing in your life, that God can't use for you. Now, this last week we had all these moms and dads in the room. There were six of them and we were preparing for this, this day. And, and um, it was really exciting, the six couples and all the kids and everything. And I said to them, I said, you know what? It's just really tough being a parent, you know? I said, if you want to know where the hardest place and maybe the best place to learn your faith is being a parent, because your kids will bring out the best in you, and they'll also bring out the worst in you. And I said, you know, there have been moments, you know, we've raised two kids. They were both different. And uh, our daughter, very different from our son. And they were just as different as night and day, still are. And, and I said, we did some good things and some wrong things. And I yelled too much and wasn't always, you know, I just talked very honestly. And one of the dads said, that's what I love about this church. The preacher's a screw up like me. No, that's what he meant. What he really said was, he goes, I just love it. This is a church where you can be real. And I said, that's right. And one of the moms in the room said, she said, <laughs> she said, this is so hard. When we had one, we managed it. The first baby was just great. The second baby, well, we love her, but. <laughs> and she, she said, it's just hard having two, you know. She said, I got one on the changing table. And I got one over here screaming, the one screaming and crying, and the one on the changing table is screaming and crying. I'm crying. I don't know where my husband is. <laughs> and you could just hear her saying, you know, I'm going to screw this up. And it was just a beautiful moment because all the other moms said, oh, I feel the same way. You know, and there's so much pressure on moms to be perfect. You know, to be the mom that has the figure she had before she had the baby that plays tennis, makes muffins, and still can't carry one kid on the hip, you know? Don't you hate that mom? I mean, not everybody has to be Kelly Ripa, right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. You know? But, you know, be who you are. Be who you were created to be. And have confidence. You don't have to get it right. Just be on God's team. Just have confidence. 
The confidence that comes from knowing that God is in you and with you will not abandon you. I love this verse. In him and through faith in him, when we approach God with freedom, we can approach God with freedom and confidence. Therefore, we don't have to be discouraged. God builds confidence. Second thing is strength. The Holy Spirit gives us inner strength. Not necessarily to change your circumstance, but to give you the capacity to grow in your circumstance. I've learned in my life that I've asked God to take things away from me, and then later on, I, I wonder, why didn't God take it away from me? I, I don't know the answer always, but I know that God, if I give myself to God, he'll give me the strength to go through it, to endure it, find a way to enjoy it, and find a way to learn from it. I have, I have a pastor friend, um, we met together this week, and we were talking about the inner strength that comes to the Holy Spirit. And you know, he, he quoted an old Negro spiritual that goes like this. He said, I went down into the valley. I went down into the valley. I did not intend to stay. But my soul got so happy, I stayed all day. I love that. The idea is that we get the inner strength that comes from God living in us. The third thing is clarity. The Holy Spirit is a great clarifier. The Holy Spirit will work on you to help you know what direction to go or what direction not to go. God will never steer you wrong. As you begin to welcome the gift into your spirit, into your life, what happens is God will begin to reveal to you and say to you, you know what, the way you're living is not the way you need to be living. It doesn't honor me. You keep living this way, it's going to bring pain to you and to your family. And when the Holy Spirit's in you, everywhere you go, you begin to see that message. It begins to pop up. You start paying attention. You realize maybe the way I'm living is not the way I need to be living. I need to change my life. Holy Spirit will clarify that for you. The Holy Spirit is God's truth. It, it reveals the truth of Scripture to you. The Holy Spirit will convict you of sin and unrighteousness. The Holy Spirit will also show you and guide you on how to make decisions. Uh, one of my friends is... Um, experimenting with something. He said that he is working on not using non-committal language. You know what I mean when I say that? When someone says, hey, do you want to go with the derby, to, to come to our derby party? And you go, well, maybe. And what you're doing is you're weighing to see if you get a better option. Think about all the, the non-committal language we use and all the stress it causes. Well, I may do that or I'm thinking about doing that. And we waste a lot of time. We make decisions, then we go back on the decisions. So my friend was saying, I've decided just to say yes or no, to have a set of core values, to live by those values and make decisions and not look back. He said, I'm not wasting much time now because of it. Man, that hit me right between the eyes. It was as if God was speaking to me through my friend. He said to me through my friend, he said, David, you're wrestling with this decision in your life right now, something that you're trying to decide on. You've already got a set of core values here. Why do you keep going back and forth? Just say no. I, no. Or say yes and live with the decision. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit gives clarity. Some people in this room, you need clarity about what you're going to do with your life, what your life is about. The fourth is passion. Passion. I also say it to mean hunger. Did you know... Last night, I thought of this as an example. I ate a great big bowl filled with brownies and vanilla ice cream with raspberries in it. Some peanuts and some raisins and some pretzels. I just mixed it all in there together. 
sweet, salty, all there together. It's awesome. But here's the thing about brownies, pretzels, peanuts, raisins, and ice cream. One bowl is never enough for me. You know, and it doesn't matter how much I eat. I can be filled with ice cream, but I'm never satisfied. I mean, I could eat six gallons of that stuff and still want more. It's never enough. Because when you get something that's good, you can never be satisfied. You just want more, more, more. And the truth is, the, the hungrier I am and the more I eat, the hungrier I get and the more I am. I'm like my pug. I would eat until I die if they didn't take it away from me. My pug, you put the food out in front of the pug, she'll eat the whole bag, and she would be laying over there on the floor. She's happy, but she's dying. You know, and so I just, I love to eat. And when I eat chocolate, I eat ice cream and brownies. I want more. God's like that bowl of ice cream. The more you get, the more you want. The more you get, the more you want. Just like right now, I'm passionate about that ice cream. You know, but when you get God, you get passionate, and people can see it. The more of God you get inside you, the more of God you want because you realize that only God, God is the only one that can, can satisfy the deepest longings of your heart. And when you get it, you want it, and you want more of it, and you want to share it, and you want to give it away. Come over to my house right afterward, I'll give you some ice cream. Come over and let's share some fellowship in the Spirit. That's what's beautiful. When you got two passionate people, it doesn't matter if they're different races, different genders doesn't matter if they're from different countries speak different languages because when we have God we have the same language we have the same Savior the same one who tears down walls is powerful passion so what does this mean what does it means is he wants to give you the gift we're going to talk more about that next week I'm going to stab you in the heart next week with a message, promise, bam, got to come next week, bam. This week ice cream, next week knife in the heart, bam. Bam. Okay. But this week I just want to ask you a question. What is it you need? Confidence? Clarity? Strength, passion, that gift is here for you. It comes with inviting Jesus into your lives. And Jesus, I believe, being baptized in his name, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, making a commitment to him. If you need to receive the gift, the gift comes with receiving him. You don't need a preacher to do that. You just tell him, I want you in my life. I want forgiveness. I need your redemption. I need the gift. So I'm going to name all four of these. And as I name them, you stand for the one that you need most. You get to pick just one. But I want you to stand until everybody's standing. So today, if the gift you need is confidence, would you stand? If the gift you need is strength, would you stand?
if the gift that you need is clarity, would you stand? If the gift you need is passion, would you stand? Let us pray. Thank you for your gift. The gift of your son, Jesus Christ, and the gift of the Holy Spirit. I pray that those who are today who need confidence, I pray that your spirit would fill them with your confidence. Give them confidence. For those who need strength, I pray that you would strengthen them within their inner being, that they would be rooted and grounded in your love. I pray for those who need clarity today, that you would make clear to them what they need to see about their life and the direction they need to go. And I pray for those who need passion, that you would just fill them so full of your love that every time they open their mouth, they can't stop talking about how good you are.